Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level, I'll tell you. It's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years and I wouldn't use anything else. In fact, this new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting, and I'll see you out there with my Ping gear. It's week 37 of the golfing calendar, and today we're in the sand belt of Woodlands Golf Club, and the weather, well, couldn't be better for golf, or in its case, for golf and wine. So now, with a huge thanks to our great mates at Ping... This is the most listened to Australian golf podcast with a couple of guys who've done it all. Talk birdie to me with Nico Hearn and Mark Allen. We're not at Australian golf headquarters today. It's a little bit disappointing. Um, but I'll tell you what, when you get to a place called Woodlands Golf Club and we're in the library here and you're looking out in a beautiful day and we've had a big win on the LPGA Tour, mm-hmm. it's pretty flash. It is. And guess what? Go we, on. We always toast winners, don't we? Yes, we do. There we go. Good work. What are we drinking today? Well, we've, again, we've got the uh, the House Shiraz. Holy a little boy. bit like last time we were at Royal Melbourne and we got their House Shiraz. Well, this is right. the Woodlands House Shiraz from Snobs Creek Vineyard. Just a splash for me, thank just you. Just a splash? Dan, you can have the, gu- the gallon over there. I'll just have a splash. I'm a good pourer. Yeah, just remember are. that. You're like well a familiar, aren't you? you are <laughs> like a wine aficionado. Oh, it's nice. It's a nice little tradition we'll get going yes. for winners and... Any other time we're doing a podcast. Cheers. Cheers. Well done, Minge. Cheers, guys. Good on you, Minji. You're yes. a star. Certainly is, and it was a great week for the for the Lee family, which we'll talk about as we go. So tell me, uh, I've only seen highlights, but you've seen more than me. Tell me about the way she played. I know she made a double bogey on 12 on a par 5, mm. which is uh, unlike her. No other bogeys or birdies on the back nine. Looked like she hung on and hold a good putt on the 72nd. Yes, she did. I, I was watching the final nine holes and at one stage I think she had a five shot lead through nine or ten holes which you're thinking okay tournament's over but they get to this par five seemed to be a lot of water on this um on the back nine where I I saw some holes with water anyway it's called the Kenwood Golf Club in Mm. uh, Cincinnati Ohio you know what I loved about it it was it was rock hard hard. the greens were very firm so it was good to see how they had to really manipulate the ball and, and, and almost run the ball up to a lot of the holes. So tell me this, in your experience, and you've played a lot uh, right across America, the more north you go, uh, and Cincinnati's a fair way up there. It is. Um, the more north you go, normally the greens get a little softer. So uh, to see some firm greens up north, that's unusual or not? Yeah, it can be. It just depends time. I mean, they're coming, what are they, in the end of summer, so everything's pretty baked out and it, it did look a little dry up there at the same time. But uh, anyway, it was great to see a nice firm golf course and no surprise that a, an Aussie who likes firm golf courses, who grew up in Perth, uh, played well on this particular style, of course. But as you said, she made double on 12 and at that stage she had a four-shot lead 
and uh, she was leading over English woman Charlie Hull. Charlie carved her shot into the water, so there's a bogey coming up right right away. And yeah. I, I, I was really surprised that Minji actually went for this green. She had a, a fairway wood in her hand, tried to cut one in, double-crossed it, hits it out of bounds, makes double bogey, and Yo. all of a sudden, hang on, we got a tournament here. So she had a three-shot lead over Hull at that stage. They par the 13th, and then Hull goes birdie, birdie, birdie. She just starts rolling them in from everywhere. And as it turned out, Goodness. the last hole, the 72nd hole, Minji had to hole about an eight foot of a par just to stay in it. And it was clutch. Because we've seen her earlier in the year, I think it was the Founders Cup, where she got beaten in a playoff and she missed a couple mm. of putts coming down the stretch. So it was good to see her really roll the ball well over the last few holes. And then they went into that playoff. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, uh, two questions. Charlie Hull, how is the pre-shot routine looking? Because all I've seen are the Minji Lee highlights. <laughs> She's a tough watch. And oh. the, the thing that has changed a little bit is yeah. she doesn't look up at the target as many times as what we saw previously. Yes. But her last 10 seconds, maybe 15, yeah. she's standing over the ball dead still. And it's, it bothers me. I just, I really struggle to watch. Yeah, I can and imagine. she has that very short, aggressive follow-through. But she is a go-getter and she attacks the golf course. And I love to see it. Any balanced finishes from Charlie Hull? <laughs> or is she dancing around all she, over the place? She was dancing. The feet weren't really sliding. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there was, it's a very awkward follow-through. But it, it works for her. And she's just such an aggressive player. And she almost had a bit of a tiger moment at the, at, at the Masters on that first playoff hole where this ball just hung on the lip just short of it. It was amazing. Okay. Uh, and question number two, that was mm. question one and question one okay. A. Uh, question number two, uh, Minji Lee has one of the seven swings that we've announced the best swing in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many of them on the, on the with the girls. They swing so well. How did it look? Was it TikTok or was it uh, anything new that you noticed or was it just magnif? Not with Minji. It doesn't need to change, to be honest. It's just rock solid up and down the line. They, she did actually struggle hitting a couple of fairways down the stretch, which is a bit surprising. But Hull, I think Hull, I don't know whether she hit a fairway on the back night. She was always in the rough, but... Just kept hitting really good iron shots into the greens, rolling in nice putts. And coming down the stretch, I still thought Minji was going to hold her off and, and, and mm. actually win the golf tournament, but they went into this playoff. And um, the, the, the second playoff hole where she won was very interesting. They both drive it in the rough up the left-hand side. Minji's got a bit of a, a worse lie than Charlie. Charlie hits a really good shot in there, about 15, 18 feet to the right of the hole. And Minji hits the shot of the week. And I'm going to do the masterclass on this a little bit later. But she hit a wedge from 145 metres. So that's a long wedge, yeah. by the way. She yeah. lands at about 20 metres short to the green. It rolls all the way up. Got this nice flyer come out of the rough. And it goes to about three feet and knocks it in for the birdie. Beautiful. Yeah. What a way to do it. How much... Uh, when, when a shot like that, uh, uh, when, you, when you've picked the flyer, you've got a wedge, it's long rough, yep. how much is it luck and skill? So give us a bit of a breakdown. Because I'm, I'm going to go with... There's a lot of luck involved. So I'm going to say there's 35% luck and 65% skill. Yeah. To get it to three feet, there is a lot of luck involved. To get it to 20 feet, no. I mean, yeah. the good players, there's a lot of skill in that. So she's, she talked the, the shot through with her caddy, Brad Beecher, who's mm. been a fantastic uh, caddy over the years, uh, been on the bag in um, MB Park, I think, for a long yeah. time when she won all of the tournaments. But she's been on Minji's bag for a He's been on Minji's bag for a while, and they really talked it through. It was fascinating to listen to the discussion. You know, they had 145 metres to the hole. I think it was 125 to the front, and they're thinking, okay, uh, we've got 109. We need to. That's where we need to land it. It's playing 114. They've got all these numbers mm. going through, and she's going, should I hit a three-quarter one? Yes, I like that. 
and you know do I want to be a bit right bit left it was a fascinating discussion then and they need more of that in the oh, tournaments do coming they down the stretch just so we can hear these conversations it was really good and then she did exactly what she said she was going to do but then as you said there was a little bit of luck that it rolled to three feet yeah you and I've been talking about this a lot it's one thing like if you're in you're trying to win a tournament this is a two million dollar tournament so a three hundred and sixty thousand dollar first prize you don't want to wear a microphone that's the last thing no. you want to do but for the benefit of everybody, how about putting a little microphone on the caddy? That would be good. How about just doing that? Because to hear the caddy talk, you'd be able to pick up what the player was saying, but you would get a real gist of how to play golf. Don't worry about their conversation, because no one wants to. No, no one cares how you had spaghetti the night before and whether <laughs> it was any good or not. To listen to a caddy, um, almost ride a player like a jockey does a horse. It, that's what people want to listen to. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in last groups before in the last days and ended up being out of contention. And I'm even interested, you know, I can remember being really interested, um, Peter Senior. Peter Senior, it was myself, Glenn Joyner, and Peter Senior were in the last group and Peter cleaned us up. I mean, the tournament was over after nine holes. I was <laughs> the holes leading uh, and the tournament was over. He has a habit of doing that. Oh, <laughs> yes. He came out of the blocks and he was just hitting draws over water on the six foot. It was, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, anyway, in, in the end, I'm just listening to... God, I'm trying to remember who it was. might have been Craig Thompson on the bag for Peter Senior at that stage. That's the... Like, I was interested in yep. just the, the psychology of a good caddy talking to a great player. It was great. Um, and to get a microphone on some of these caddies, you only have to do it on both caddies in the last group. I mean, the odds are that they're the guys going to be fighting it out. Yeah, true. No, I, I, I totally agree, but they've got to get the permission through the players because coming down the stretch, if you know they get a bit heated. I mean, mm. I, the, the, the player's caddy who I'd love to hit, see it on would be Tyrrell Hatton. Oh, I mean, yeah. Some of the Please. things that come out of his mouth. Yes. It would be fantastic to hear. Yeah, so. That would be brilliant. But uh, as I mentioned before, it was a great win from uh, from Minji. They're, now the LPGA has a week off, then they've got the Solheim Cup yep. coming up in a couple of weeks. But her brother, Min Woo, had a, had a pretty good chance coming down uh, the stretch at, at the, Irish. the Irish Open at the K Club. Have you ever been to the K Club? No, I've never been to the K Club, mm. uh, but I've seen it when a Ryder Cup was there yes. a long time ago. 2006. Pretty... I used to play there every year. They had a, It wasn't the Irish Open back then. It was called something else... Uh, maybe a European Masters or something yeah. like that. But I'll, I'll tell you this little story because it's quite a good one and it involves my wife and a bit of wine. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Alana, <laughs> all, right, eh? All, all wine stories are good. Have you permission to tell this wife? Uh, I'll, I'll ask later. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she'll be fine with me telling this story. But we were playing uh, an event just before uh, the K-Club week called the Christy O'Connor Pro-Am. I don't right. know if you remember yeah. that name. Christy O'Connor, famous player. Irish player. But he used to run this Pro-Am for charity and... And we're there uh, in the clubhouse doing our little cocktail party and all. Yeah. There's a lot of golfers and all the all the dignitaries walking around. And we got uh, I got introduced to Dr. Michael Smith, who was the owner of the K Club. Right. You know, who's a multi squillionaire, um, Dr. Michael Smurfett, who had this packaging company and all that. Anyway, I get introduced to him, and he goes, "Oh, you're Australian." And I said, "Yes, yes, I am." And, and by the way, this is my wife. And uh, she she uh, says, "Oh, thank you for having us and everything." And yeah. he goes, "Oh, you're Australian too." And, he, and she goes, uh, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know 
know where you're going with the story, but that is yeah. sensational. She, she's a beauty, Alana, and we, we may have had a couple of glasses of red oh, by then, so and it, it was a good night. The, the thing I was worried it's about... so good. good. The thing I was worried about was the next day, I was wondering if my name had been scratched off the starting list for the K Club, whether I got disqualified without actually teeing it up. But the other thing about this, this yeah. Irish Open, have you ever seen 90 players make a cup? No. 90? No, I have. I, I saw, there was a British Open with, with the old 10-shot rule, and I right. reckon a hundred and something players <laughs> made the cut, but I'm not I'm not a regular tour event, never. So no. what was the number? Everyone it was stuck. ninety, ninety on the number. So, oh, so what was that? Was the number two under or three um, under, or how did it work? I think it was two under. Yeah. There was, a, there was about 25 or 30 guys on two under. On it two was, under. It was unbelievable. But right. uh, the one thing I was a little sad about, and, and next year it won't be, is that it wasn't on a Lynx golf course. Well, We've I'll, spoken about this before, haven't we? I was just going to say, when I turned the Irish Open on, uh, when I'm flicking around and I see Irish Open about to come up, I don't want to see, what do you call it? Uh, a farm, Not a farmland course. A, parkland. A, a parkland yeah. course. I don't want to see a parkland course. I've got no interest. I want to see a Lynxy style golf. Now, where are they yeah. playing it next year? Uh, I think it's Royal County down. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> we want to see that one. Yeah, because golf courses too. can be the hero, can't they? I yeah. mean, of, the, of tournaments. I will say this about the K Club, and because and I think they have 36 or maybe even 54 holes in now. It was soft, so it was wet. They had rain delays. But the last three holes are cracking holes, I think, for a bit of drama. 16's a par five where you've got the River Liffey. Mm. Now, the River Liffey is, is the, uh, the river where they get the water out. Uh, out of out of the ground or out of the out of the river for uh, for Guinness. Right. Oh, you're kidding me. For the Guinness factory. So it, that's what runs through the whole town of Dublin. Right. So I think that's the way. Anyway. Do they clean it up? Do oh, they, you know, put, do I'm they sure do they do. It has a bit of a brown tinge to it. So maybe they don't. <laughs> I was going to say. But the last uh, 16, 17 are two cracking holes where you got to work your way. You know, 16 is a par five, and Rory, funnily enough, he knocked it in the water, made triple there, mm. and we can talk about that as we go. But 17 is one of the smelliest tee shots you'll have because this river is just right there, all the way up the left side. Everyone bails right, and then the last hole is a great two shot par five if you hit a good drive and you can. You know, anything can happen, basically. Yeah. So it is a good finish in that regard, but the rest of the golf course is a bit, yeah. You know, you'd rather see it on a on a Lynx course. But as it turned out, uh, Sweden's Norman Vincent mm. went bogey-free, 65. He won the Barbasol a few months ago, actually. He yeah. plays the DP World Tour, but he uh, the Barbasol, which is on the PGA Tour, was co-sanctioned. So um, he's been playing really well of late. Uh, the third-round leader, yeah. you'll love this name. Go on. Hurley Long. Oh, that is a magnificent name. That's a good name, name. isn't it? That's yeah. a beautiful golf name. Actually, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get busy at yeah. the break. I'll work out a top five. For the, I was just I, thinking that. I think we've done the most unfortunate golf names. but Or well, nicknames we've done before, yeah. But we, we need a, a top five with just the best golf names. Mm. Simple as that. So I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah, but he uh, Hurley Long had the third round lead. And, and basically, Norman Vincent finished probably an hour before everyone else. And you had Rory, you had Ryan Fox, you had Min Woo mm. all coming at him. And they kind of didn't collapse, but they really fell away towards the end. So it was a real tough one in that regard but yeah it was good to see um shane lowry play well had well, a tied third because he I'll, was the Ryder cup pick he needed to get his act together i went and had a look because uh, after our uh, sh- uh podcast last week we spoke about who we think should get in and, mm-hmm. and moronk who had won at the Ryder cup venue and won three or four other times throughout the year and was what is he third on the race to dubai order of mayor and all that kind of stuff he missed out and when you go through socials, everybody was questioning whether Lowry would be in there. So I, as soon as the tournament finished, uh, I've, I've had a look and 
Moronk finished about 15th or 16th. He so was up there as well, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and Larry finished tight third. So he's he's made a bit of a... It makes it hard for the haters. Yeah, when we did our last pub, we didn't know who. And I, I actually had Moronk in my picks. Yeah, I thought he was going to get a pick. And the guy I thought who wasn't going to would have been Nikolai Hoygaard, although he had played pretty well of late. Obviously, Ludwig Aberg mm. got in. But Larry, for me, is a lock. You put him in the Ryder Cup any day and he will fire it up. But... Uh, Good to see him play well. Rory, as I said, he had a bit of a chance, but he made a double and a triple, and he was in the water more times than... Mm. The other thing Rory said during the week was interesting, was talking about the PIF, and we were talking about live golf and all this, and we haven't really heard much about live of late. Well, this is interesting because their second-last tournament starts in a couple of weeks, Mm. and there is no hint of a schedule popping up for uh, 2024. We know that there's an agreement to agree with the US Tour... And in the Saudi Arabians, we we know that is in place, but it's September. Uh, This has got to get worked out at some stage. Mm. So I want to ask you: in a perfect world, you're running the show. Yep. You've you've just taken the two billion dollars reportedly that that they've thrown in there. Uh, I I keep on hearing two billion to buy in year one and one billion a year after that. So it's a lot of cash. It's stacks. So you you've got it all in place. But, Nick, it comes down to you. How do you see the world of golf looking moving forward? Because it's a pretty big um, fork in the road mm. for the game of golf. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a, that's a, you, you throw me under the bus a little here, Mark, but that's okay. I've got mine all set to go if you want. <laughs> no, that's okay. So they've agreed to agree, as you've said. Next year, I think what will – I'll tell you what will happen next yeah, year. And again, on. I'm, I'm only guessing, but this is what I think yeah, will happen. Your, yeah. Live Golf will continue on. Yep. As in, they'll have a schedule out. I have heard Adelaide is going to be the first event next year. I'm not sure when. I think it's going to be earlier than it was this this year. Yep. They'll probably run their full schedule as is. They'll keep paying their guys, do all that. PGA Tour already has their schedule set. I think something will happen the following year in 2025 where this PIF deal will get sorted next year. And they'll then run maybe some sort of a... I'm thinking some sort of a schedule of this team format either after the FedEx Cup playoffs when mm. there's a bit of downtime or possibly earlier in the year, that probably doesn't work either. What they do with the live players and whether they can come back to the PGA Tour, that's a whole other story yeah. as well. So tell me yours. Okay, so I think live goes full international. When I say international, mm-hmm. not USA. Oh. That, that's what I think. So they're thinking of I wanted to travel less and play less might not be what well, they might <laughs> still play 14 tournaments a year, but they're going international, folks. And, and that's I think they're doing that already, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, so instead of like there's probably about half the tournaments at the moment are in the United States. I think so, about there. Probably. About, about that number. It might be 40 or 50%. I, I think what will happen is um, Liv will get ticked off. It'll happen um, all over the world except for America. I still think in America their um, full series of events will go on, and that's with the you know the the, the Corn Ferry Tour that's and the other players. Up. So mm-hmm. that, that 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 will continue as a, a vehicle to get onto the the US tour. I think the international series of events that were contemplated, I think they'll still go ahead. Really? Yeah, I think okay. that'll happen. So if you want to go and play for the, in these tournaments, I'll just look down the list. There'll be huge money events. i got to be honest. I, I, the schedules, I mean, I'm so confused about it all now anyway, mm. just with these internationals, the signatures, the live, the what. No, it's, yeah. it's a bit baffling, to be honest. And, and I also think that um, players like McElroy, players like JT, players like John Rahm, who said no to live, 
I think they'll be able to play in live events and they will get appearance money each time they play. And it'll be the very first time ever that the US tour has ticked off appearance fees. Mm. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think that's the balance. And I think you know, players like JT and Roy will go, yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah, well, Rory came out during the week and said, look, I still don't like live, but we need to collaborate with the PIP. So he, and, and he knows mm. that. Um, he sees like the EPL, English Premier League, the Formula One, how they work within the ecosystem. That was what he was talking about. So uh, he sees that that's definitely a viable product and that could work. How it works They've obviously got a lot of discussions to go. Do you think we'll see two in Australia? Now, there's the other question. So, oh, I'd love to see two in Australia. I think we'll see. So, I think two live events, and I think hopefully in our region one day we'll get one uh, down here as well. It'll be US tour sanctioned. So, I think mm. I think eventually we might get three right around here somewhere. That's my guess. It would be fantastic. So, But anyway, um, it was a great Irish Open just to tie a knot on that. And then this week we have the BMW Championship, the flagship event over there coming up at Wentworth. Um, right, yeah. That'll be a lot of fun. I believe we might have some voicemail, Dan. What's, I love this. I like, I let's, like it. Let's check it out and have a listen to what it is. Indeed. You have one new voicemail. New message. Yeah, g'day, Nick and Mark. Uh, great podcast as usual. Um, my question would be, what are the three best courses that you guys have played in Australia that are accessible to the public as well? Like you might have been three gems that could be anywhere in Australia that you sort of played and you thought, you know, um, anybody can get on them, but they're just great value and great courses. Uh, great right. podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks. That's fantastic. Very good. Who was that from again? That's from Chris Payne. Oh, thank you, Chris. That was a very good question. So I'm sort of assuming that we're talking about not really private clubs, but obviously anyone can get on. So it could be private and a public. Yeah, it could be both. Yeah, a bit of both. both. You want to you wanna give me yours? Well... What are you thinking? I'm just quickly jotting down mine. So one of them I've only played once, but I liked it. And it was Kennedy Bay over in Perth. Good call. Yeah. Very so good. I, I really liked Kennedy Bay. I thought mm. that was a great place. It didn't have a clubhouse when I was there. It, no. just had, it had a little caravan. And when we went to pay our fees, the caravan, like the little window opened up. And that much smoke, and it wasn't <laughs> cigarette smoke, Nick. It was some kind of other smoke that had a funny mm. smell. And it was just—it was like a Cheech and Chong uh, movie or something. Anyway, he let us go on and play. But once we got out there, great track. It was brand new. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely sensational to the point where I still have it in this. It's the first course mm. that comes to my mind. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's still around, or I know they were having some financial trouble a long time ago yeah. with you know trying to get the clubhouse going. But it was designed by the late great Roger Mackay, Ian right. Baker Finch, and I think Michael Coates as well. They did like a. Little trio doing the uh, the architecture. It's a brilliant Lynx golf course down there. Oh, I like that. Yeah, good call. So uh, my number two is there's a bloke called Tom Doak, and Tom Doak is probably the Tiger Woods of golf course architecture, and it's another course without a clubhouse. Okay, St Andrews Beach. <laughs> yeah, so another good one. That 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 one's always ranked pretty high. Mm -hmm. So I've got Sandra, St Andrews Beach in there at number two, and my number three. Uh, and now this is a sneaky good one. Uh, it's uh, down that way as well, close to St Andrews Beach. But I'm going to say the Legends course at Moona. Mm, very so good. I, I think the Legends course is actually better than the Open course. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, um, I, I was doing some work for Channel 7, doing the commentary at Channel 7. Um, uh, I'd never seen the Legends course, but they had us all staying down there. Anyway, I got up for a walk. You know, I'd try and go for a walk each morning. 
And I thought, I'll go and have a look at the Legends course. I went and had a look and I came straight back to the boss and said, hey, we're playing the wrong course. <laughs> we're playing the Australian Open on the wrong course, the Legends course. So uh, there are my three, Kennedy Bay in Perth, St Andrews Beach in the Mornington Peninsula and also the Legends course at Myrna Links. Very good. I've Very just good. looked up Kennedy Bay. You said you're not sure if it's still around. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is. And in fact, it's one of the top 10 courses in Australia, according to their website. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it looks amazing. Like the photos look incredible. No, Has it got a clubhouse yet? Um well, well uh, we got the we got the little guys smoking smoking, smoking uh, bongs on the first <laughs> tee still. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> looks uh, very good there. No, very good. But okay, so my my three, I'm going to go with uh, Coolum. Yes, the Palmer Resort. Well, I mean, nice. that's where you've won. Well, I've won around there. I know, but <laughs> no, but it actually it fits my eye perfectly, and I've always loved you know the fact that so much rich water in there with the yes. water holes, great finishing hole around the lake. But I always enjoyed that until they started putting dinosaurs on yeah. the golf course. Yeah, that's like, why playing golf with the Tyrannosaurus Rex watch years. Yes. I can tell yeah. you this, Nick. It's was, coming back, right? I've been there recently, yes. and Clive Palmer, mm-hmm. who has a sniff of a live event. Live, that's what I was thinking. He's got a sniff of it. Now, Ooh. last time I was there, it was completely cleaned up, and it's, the whole joint's getting redone. So uh, if you are thinking about going to Coolum, uh, last time I was there, it was uh, 8.5 out of 10 instead of 3 out of 10 like right. it had been. Okay, good, good to know. Okay, that's my uh, that's one. And now, now these are, again, I've never, I haven't been down to Tassie and played all those courses. Oh, I Obviously, about that, those courses. Yeah, Barn I, forgot about, I forgot about Tassie. Uh, yeah, Cape Wickham, all these. I'm sure they're fantastic, but I haven't played them. So I'm, I can only tell you the ones that I have played. You know, one that I really wanted to play recently, not far mm. from here, is Portsea, but I haven't haven't been there either. You haven't played Portsea? No, I haven't played it. I was meant oh to play the pro am this year, but I was I was injured and it sick. Used to be and a top twenty five course in Australia all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah but I haven't yeah. played it. Uh, Number two for me is Bunbury Golf Never Club. Never been there. Haven't been down there. It's yeah. down in the southwest. A beautiful little golf course. Starts both nines with par threes, yeah. which is very unusual. Yeah. We used to play the Southwest Open down there, and uh, funnily enough, yeah, I went around there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, I should stop down this track. So, one okay, but one place I haven't won, and oh, uh, and I love because uh, I went there a little while ago uh, was Flinders. I love Flinders, Flinders down on the Mornington Peninsula. I think that's a fantastic little golf course, and you could stand on some of those holes out on the water, and you think. I could be, you know, on the Monterey Peninsula. Yeah. I could be down somewhere in Tasmania, but we're here in, you know, not far from Melbourne. It's a beautiful spot. I feel guilty because uh, I've given you the not so obvious yeah. best courses to play, but those courses in Tassie, yeah. the, Bar- the Barn Boogles and the King Island Golf Courses. You've played them, right? I've played them all, and they, they and they live up to expectations. If it's not a windy day, Nick, you know <laughs> I'm a fair weather golfer. Uh, okay. if, if it's not a windy day, they are a delight, oh, an absolute delight to no. play. If it is a windy day. I don't know. Yeah. You, you've probably got to go play yeah. them anyway, but no. yeah, be careful. But that was a good question from Chris. I like that. Yeah, I love. I, I actually love. Uh, can we get, get mail? So where do people do it? If people listening for the first time, where can they send in their questions? So if you want to leave a voicemail message for uh, for Nick and Mark, it's really easy. You go to the website talkbirdytome.com.au, and about halfway down the page, there's a little thing that says "Start recording your message." Click it and do it. It's easy. So we've got so much to get through on the back nine here. We've got another caller. We've got uh, some more results, feedback, top five, and, of course, Nick's Masterclass. International caller. Ooh. I'm going to refill my glass. Perfect. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course, but as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well and plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world, and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes not ours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. Like the podcast? No, maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. All right, Mark, this uh, glass is going down quite nicely on the 10th tee here. Um, That's your third glass, before, by the No, way. it's my it's, second. It's th- well, it's second on air, but third altogether. <laughs> no, I'm watching you closely. No, come on. <laughs> I got to drive home. Two, two's enough. Righto. Um, we got a caller in a second. International. We we do. Yes. Okay. But, we'll get to okay. That. Before we get to that, I want to ask you because you played. You've been playing a bit of golf. The corporate days, charity days, things like that. Yeah, a good have, buddy lately. of mine, uh, Mark Robertson. He has one at the end of the year uh, at the Victoria Golf Club, and it's become so popular. The problem is they've got so many groups. There's going to be about thirty nine groups oh, playing. So that's a Jewish. lot of groups. And we were chatting the other day about what the best formats are oh, in got it. these sorts of golf days. Because last year we played Jensen's, which is a good format, yeah. but we're trying to figure out how can we speed up play. You got thoughts? Yeah, I've got the best possible way. Great. One, inside a putter length is a gimme in yeah. all these days. Mm-hmm. All right, because gimme is just speed up. So if you're inside, and not a long putter either. It's got to be... <laughs> a putter it's, length. It's got to be a putter length. So three right. feet, basically. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. So okay. inside a putter length on these sort of days, it is a gimme okay. no matter what you're doing. The other one, now Ambrose is interesting, okay, but it's built for cheating. Yeah. It, it is fairly built for cheating, and some of the schools that come in, you scratch your head and you, well, you go, t- it's impossible. I find Ambrose takes a bit longer too. That's right. But 
Here we go. This is an Ambrose format where you don't have to count drives. Okay. And there is more strategy. And if you're doing this with uh, the gimmies, they'll be whizzing around in under four hours. Ooh. So everybody hits off. You pick a drive. And then on the next shot, the person whose drive you picked cannot hit the next shot. Okay. So that is it. And then after that, you're away. You can do whatever you want. But that what that does is that stops one person... You know, some, you've got one good golfer on the, in the, your group. So they can play after the second shot. They though. can play the third shot. Third shot. They okay. can play the third shot and, and then on. But if you hit the drive, you're sitting back. Interesting. Okay. So I, I think that works really well. You don't have to count people's drives. There's a little bit more uh, structure and, you know, you've got to think about what's going to happen next. Mm. And I think it works well. Okay. All right. All right. I'll run that past him. Well, Mark listens anyway, but uh, it's a good one. So let's do some results. Go on, Nick. Okay, so uh, this week we're going to call it the results, but it's the Ping Global Performances. Hey, okay. <laughs> well, I think that's our name from now on. Oh, that's better than results. Yeah, The results. Ping Global Performances. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Right. So obviously Minji Lee, she won the LPGA, uh, LPGA event, the Kroger Queen City Championship. Now other Aussies playing. We had Gabby Ruffles. Yep. She yep. was playing nicely. Tied for 36. Uh, Steph Kuriaku tied for 41st. Not Sarah bad. Kemp, 55th. The DP World Tour, Ryan Fox, the New Zealander, tied for third. Min Wu, tied for seventh. Good result for him. Another mm. Kiwi, uh, Daniel Hillier, tied for 12th. And Scriv, Jason Scrivener, tied for 54th. Now, on the Epsom Tour, they played for their biggest purse ever. Ooh, what was it? 375,000 US. That's good cash. That is good. Really good cash. Natalia Guseva took home the $56,000 winning check, but uh, good results for the Aussies. Robin Choi. Tied for 13th. Cassie Porter tied for 23rd there. And then we had a tri-sanctioned event between Japan, Asia and Korea. I've been watching a bit of the telly. Yeah, yeah you it was did. good. Yeah, uh, Anthony Quayle had a great chance to win this one, but unfortunately didn't quite get over the line, but had a nice result there. Tied for third. It was the Shinhan Donghai Open in South Korea. I just had to get you that had one two out. two glasses of wine <laughs> after that happened. Yeah, and then I, I just want to read out this result because it's really good. Uh, Kirsten Rudgley had tied for 11th at the Big Green Egg Open on the, <laughs> the Ladies European Egg Tour. Egg, what's that called? The Big Green Egg Open. Do you know what they are? What? Because I had one of these in the US. What are they? They're a big, um, they're a barbecue cooker. You know, it's like a oh, web, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a giant Weber. Weber. A Weber. The so we used to play this tournament in the US called the Sanderson's Championship in yeah. Mississippi, yeah. All right, Alabama. And uh, they used to get everyone in the field a big green egg and they'd send it to your house. And this thing was massive. It is the best thing you've ever cooked anything out of. It was incredible. So anyway, another good result for Kirsten after she played really well last week. And our uh, Richard Green, another good result in the Champions Tour. Tied for eighth. Green dog. Greeny's a lefty, but another lefty one. Uh, Steve Flesh, really good Ah. player. Came home, storming home in 62, nine under par to win in Missouri. Jeez, there's there's no uh, jingle jangles in those hands if you're shooting Mm. 62 to win a tournament uh, on the Champions Tour. That's magnificent. Well done, Steve. Playing really well, but Greeny now solidifies his place for next season. He's like 20th or 22nd on the the order of merit, so he's he's good. Let's give give Joseph a call. Now, Joseph is from Napier in New Zealand, and he's a greenkeeper. Yeah, okay. He's a greenkeeper at okay. two, two golf courses. He's a greenkeeper at uh, uh, Mata Nui Golf Course Great. and uh, also at Awatoto Public Course. Wow. Nice. Very good. Come on, Joseph. Answer the phone. Hey, they got the same ringtone as us. Yeah. I thought they'd... When did that change? They never used to... It used to be a little bit different, didn't it? Hello, Joseph. Uh, g'day, Joseph. How are you? It's Mark Allen and Nick O'Hearn. <laughs> what year is it in New Zealand at the moment? Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, it's the good year of 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Now, Dave, first of all, thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. But you yeah. had a question for us? No, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I'm a greenkeeper in New Zealand over here. Yeah. And a quick quiz question. I live in Hawke's Bay. Which famous golf course is in Hawke's Bay? What famous golf course is in Ooh. Hawke's Bay? Hawke's Bay. It's not Kidnappers, is it? Yeah, key kidnappers. Ah, uh-huh. you're good, Mike. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. I'll tell you, kidnappers. Can I tell you this, Joseph? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty awesome, place. The first time that I saw Cape Kidnappers pictures of it, I thought it was one of those fake calendar golf mm, courses. The, the I fingers really, going I out. really yeah, did. It's amazing to go and visit. We'd go up there, and first time I ever went up there, the green keepers took us out on the golf course and golf carts, and the next minute we're on the middle of the fairway. I'm thinking. This grass is pristine. What are you doing driving? <laughs> <laughs> and what would it be like to play? And how, how windy does it get? Oh, oh, you've got a picky day. You've got a picky day. got to be nice and beautiful. Like, they, those gullies just eat your golf balls. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and what's your favourite course in New Zealand, Joseph? My, mine is Perapera Umu. Yeah, got to agree with that. Um, I've got to be biased and say where I work in my new golf course. <laughs> and what what about this new one up north, Tara Edi? Uh, I hear so many amazing things about this place. Oh, there's some amazing golf courses getting built up there. Yeah, there's how many? Heaps up at Peace in Auckland. Like, there's rich people up there just developing land. There's new golf courses popping up in places you'd never even build a house. Yeah, it's incredible. Perfect part of the world up there. TRI yeah. uh, is another one up there, I believe, next to TRI, Tara Edi. That's okay. a really yeah. good one. But uh, Joseph, what's uh, what's your question for us? Well, I was going to ask you about um, how you guys dealt with noise while you guys play because, you know, I can't rework and we can't just stop for everybody who wants a quiet golf course, airplane. How do you guys uh, deal with that? Well, you know, it's funny. My dad told me, he saw me once when he came down to watch. He didn't watch me too often. He got a bit nervous. But he came <laughs> and watched once. And he saw me pull away when there was a bit of noise. Yep. And I didn't handle it so well. And he said to me, he goes, you look so unprofessional when you did that. And from that point forward, I didn't hear anything. Even if I heard something, it was in my head that if I stopped and acknowledged it or carried on, that it was unprofessional. And from that point forward, if, if there was some really loud noise, I would just back off and start again. Yeah. And, 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 but I think if, it's, if you're taught that stuff, I mean, if you're not taught that stuff, quite often you don't know how to react. But my dad was a pretty good judge of sport. And uh, I always took that on board. Yeah, yeah, that's some good advice there, Mark. But um, yeah, it all comes back to routine. I think if you've really focused in in on the routine, then you don't tend to hear things. If you're not focusing and you're not concentrating, you hear everything. Colin Montgomery was a oh. Monty was a great one about that. He could hear a butterfly with uh, broken legs oh. land about a hundred yards away. He was incredible. But, but Nick, he was one of the worst because <laughs> you'd be in the middle of your routine and he would rip his glove oh, off yeah, yeah. so loudly in oh. the middle of it. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah, but um, well, I was going to say that the other thing there, Joseph, is, is when it's really quiet, you hear, you can actually hear the odd noise. When it's there's a bit of a, mm. a a murmur going or something like, there's a bit of noise around, especially with crowds. Or I mean, if you got the mower going, for instance, given you're a greenkeeper, well, peop, I guess golfers really should just continue on with it, to be honest, because there's always this this background noise that's constant, mm. which is a lot easier than if it, than it, if it is dead silent. But uh, I reckon you could play some pretty good tricks on golfers where you just start up the morrow just as they're going into their backswing, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had some daggers. You get some looks from these golfers. They want pristine quiet. Like, no. You can't. It just can't happen. No, don't and, worry um, about them. I've got a one-year-old son, Nick, and he is swinging his golf club with his left hand. 
Oh, you beauty. Yeah, just keep him going. <laughs> Left-handers forever. Hey, Joseph, <laughs> uh, hey, Joseph uh, tell me this. The, the All Blacks, they got towed up by France first up. Uh, you still going to be good enough to win the whole lot? Oh, I've got to go all the way. Yeah, right. Well, we're going all the way. Same with, same with the Warriors. What did you make about the, uh, the the France mistake then, when you lost to France? Uh, you know, it was just our opening game. It wasn't a very good record to lose. We'd never lost a pool game before. Mm. Well, Joseph, thanks for listening, mate. We really appreciate it. Yeah, um, thanks, mate. All of our listeners, of course. And, uh, mate, uh, hopefully we'll see you over there one day. Make sure you do come say hello. No, no worries. Thanks. See you. How about it? How, how about people waiting? you got people trying to keep the golf course magnificent. They're doing their very best yep. for you. And a little bit of noise and you're getting a dagger at the greenskeeper. Come on. Come on, folks. Uh, time for some feedback, Dan. On last week's masterclass on topping the ball from yes. you, Mark, yes. uh, Shags. Shags, combined combined with Nico Hearn, they have three victories against Tiger Woods in this play. Because <laughs> Shags right. was the caddy for Pom, Peter O'Malley, Indeed. when Pom beat Tiger Woods at the Accenture World Match Play. So what I'm hearing is between you, Nick, between Shags, and between you, Mark, we've got three, three. victories that's over right, Tiger. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Anyway, Shags has commented on the Masterclass, and he said, uh, Marco, you clearly didn't use enough Rockstar hair product today. Too windy. Yeah, my hair was looking, looking a little bit thin, too. I'm a bit worried. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'd get yeah, my heart bleeds. Well, I wasn't sure if it was a... If, if it was a yeah, exactly. I wasn't sure if it was a cold top or a bit of a heavy fat. It was a bit of both. It was a bit of both. Well done. Yeah. And some comments on an older masterclass of yours, Marco. This one was on the importance of your backswing. KB has said, my dad drilled that into me. That was backswing length. Yeah. 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 So that that uh, I think you might have reposted on YouTube... And uh, it just popped up on my X yep. uh, feed that uh, it was a um, it was a one about uh, judging distance with the short game. And uh, I know for me, the, once it was pointed out to me that backswing length determined how far the ball went. It was a game changer, yeah. complete game changer. Michelle has said, having beginner lessons on Monday, I will add that to the hundreds of other tips that I need to learn. I'm not at all confident. <laughs> uh, any tips what? for any tips for Michelle? For Michelle, yeah, beginners, uh, first time by the sound of it. Uh, no, well, it's all about having fun, Michelle. Don't mm. for one instant think you've got to try your hardest to have a good score. Try your hardest to have a good time and you'll enjoy golf for the rest of your life. Fantastic. Dom has said, easily the best chipping advice I have seen. What about all Nick's ba- uh, well chipping b- uh, masterclasses? No, no, we get plenty of masterclass okay. comments on Nick as well. Like, we can share the love around. It's nice to have a win. I get the lefties. So. <laughs> <laughs> there were some comments on your top five last week, Nick. So you did okay. the top five last week on uh, DQs. Yes, so correct. Really interesting DQs. There were some rippers there. Uh, how's that photo uh, that we, we put oh, up? Of uh, uh, my, uh, what a stupid I am. Yeah, yeah very, very <laughs> heartbreaking. Anyway, a couple of comments here. Junior Callanan said, love these stories. That's the best part of the pod, along with the old tales from the guys back in the day. Oh, Thank you, Junior. Thank you, sir. And Michael Q. Todd, I love the DQ stories, Nick. Short oh. and sweet. Thank you, Michael. Beautiful. Now, we had a bit of fun last week. We took a photo. It was a photo of you guys last week. Um, out overlooking uh, the Royal East 18th, I think it was. Oh, in the balcony. On the balcony. Yeah, the 18th, yeah. And there was a very funny uh, uh, snapshot where Nick was looking at you in a weird way, Mark, and I, I can't for the life remember what he was saying at the time. Right. But we put it up and we said, caption contest. Okay, nice. And some of the comments are great. Where was this? I didn't see any of this. Well, you're not on Facebook, so if you're on oh, Facebook, okay. you'll have yeah. seen it. 
you know, if you want to get into Instagram, the, uh, you know. So. Yeah, maybe, right. maybe once you get into 2003. Come into the real world, that. yeah. <laughs> anyway, see what I can do. these are the comments I believe, Mark, you were saying to Nick to get that reaction from, right, okay, from Nick. Okay. Right. Stuart Drury has said, don't forget, I was and still am the number one bunker player in the world, that's mate. That's right, that's true. Well, from what I saw that when we played here a week or so ago, that could be true. Yeah, it's it, some well, good bunker shots. Nick, it is true, believe me. <laughs> Simon Keith records, Marco, you just said, hey, I just hold a four-put putt for par. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Simon. I know Simon. He's a good, good fella. <laughs> That's funny. This is a crack at this one. Matthew Fernanda has said, I got a handshake from Colin Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Lee, Lee Datsun has said, Tiger who? <laughs> yeah, nice. Keith Fraser has said, so where's your cardigan anyway? <laughs> yes, very good. I don't have one. Cameron Stewart has said, it was a 9.30 tea time and you still couldn't even do your hair? Yeah, it's not bad. I like all these. This is great. And my favourite, this is a ripper, this one. Adrian Colf has said, you know what? I could have beaten Tiger three times. <laughs> uh, sounds about right. A last bit of feedback we've got from Brett from Rosebud. Now, we had Brett on the show a little while ago. He was the guy who was getting uh, some, some pro training from uh, Terry Pukadaris. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yes. Terry's, chat to Brett. Terry's a great coach, apparently. Everyone loves him. Mm. Got another question for you. Hey, lads, I'm telling all my friends about the show. They're all on board. Question for you. I'm practicing a lot each week on the things my coach and I are working on, yet I seem to be getting worse. Ooh. Almost to the point where, and this is not a reflection on Terry at all, of course, almost to the point where I'm starting to think too much over the ball. Any advice from you would be greatly welcomed. Kind regards, Brett. Yeah, it's a common thing when you're trying to change your golf swing in that regard, Brett. But the, the key to it really is, is when you're on the range, you're working on the technique. You're not really worried about where the ball goes. So don't get too caught up in mm. trying to be perfect on the driving range. And then when you're on the golf course, forget all the technical stuff. Then just go out and play and focus on your pre-shot routine and trying to hit good golf shots and that. If you're, It sounds to me as though you're still thinking technique while you're on the golf course, and that's a really mm. hard spot to come from and, uh, and generally where the... Where the doubt comes in and you start taking too long over the ball, you get the Charlie Hulls, the Brian mm. Harmons going, and or the Rory McIlroys every now and then, where you're just taking too long over the ball, you start overthinking, and then it just goes pear-shaped from yeah. there. No, that's very good advice. I, I know when I was working on uh, stuff to try and correct things, I would um, really over-exaggerate on the driving on range. On the range, yes. On the driving range, over-exaggerate. And then on the course, I'd just do it a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a feeling. Just a feel, just mm. a tiny little bit. So, for instance, if you're trying to have steep shoulders on the backswing, I'd really exaggerate yep. when I was practicing. And then on the golf course, when uh, there's a little, you know, a few butterflies in the tummy, uh, then I would just do it just a little bit. And, and I would hope that all the exaggeration that I'd done on the driving range would filter in. While I was on the golf course. Yeah, we did a. I think we did a top five of that about over exaggerating practice yeah. swings a while back. And and you watch the pros when they are practicing. Justin Rose is a great example. He used to dip unbelievably Ridiculous. into the ball when he was doing his little pre shot routine thing. But the golf swing just looked perfect. So I like that over exaggerate, but then a small feeling. Right now, it's time for today's top five. And today's top five is all about great names in golf. And they've got to have a little bit of a golfy sort of feel to them as well. Yeah. There's got to be something about it. I mean, it can't just be a cool name. Yeah, sure. It can't just be still Sidebottom or something like that, <laughs> right? It's just got to be a really good golf name. Okay. My, my, at, uh, and I've got an apology. I've got, oh. if actually, it's technically I've got two apologies. Two apologies. Yeah, right? I do. Gary Player. Right, so Gary Player. It's a great golf it is a name. Great I'm, name. A, I'm a player. But there were two uh, Gary players. One was Gary Edwin, who became one of the 
most decorated coaches in Australia. He had Peter Lonard, he had Paul Gow, he had so many Peter players. Senior. Peter Senior. Uh, his original name was Gary Player, but because there was already a Gary Player, he changed his name to Gary Edward. So apologies to, to both Gary Players. At number five, Cameron Champ. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Good name. If 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 I was if I was a junior golfer, and I was paired with Cameron Champ in the last <laughs> round, and I'd never seen Cameron Champ before, yeah. I'd be a little concerned. Yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be a little bit worried. I, I, I mean, if I was uh, Victor Hovland's parents, he, he'd probably be going, I wish they'd put a Y on the end of Victor. I mean, that'd be Victory, good. Victor, oh. uh, Victory <laughs> Hovland, yeah, that's a good one. At number four, now I had to get him in because it's based on uh, great names and the reason we're doing it at the Irish Open, Hurley Long was leading oh. after three rounds. He sounds like an Irish guy, but he's actually German too. Yeah, that's right. Mm. There's been lots of Longs, you know, Michael Long. Yep. He was a great player, good bloke too, from New Zealand, yeah. a new, bit of a New Zealand flavour. Golf and football. Mm. That's right. But Michael Long, no big deal. Hurley Long. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> now you're talking. Couldn't leave. This bloke makes a lot of top fives. Tiger Woods. Mm. Uh, they asked Sandy Lyle at the Masters one year, what do you think of Tiger Woods? He said, I haven't played that course yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it, it feels like a it golf does. name yeah. as well as being, you know, you've got Tiger in there. Actually, Sandy Lyle, that's a good name too. Sandy Lyle's a great yeah. golf name as well. I reckon Sandy Lyle won the Masters in 1987 or 86. It must have been the next year Tiger was playing as an amateur. 87 or 88, I yeah. think he won, yeah. And they must have said, you know, what do you think of Tiger Woods? Because yep. he's a new whiz kid. <laughs> I don't know, I've never played that course. <laughs> At number two, newcomer to, to golf, a newcomer to great names in sport, Anne Van Dam. Oh, I love it. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. We spoke about her last week, didn't we? Oh, I want to commentate yeah. when she's playing well. Jean-Claude's sister. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is a blast, that number one. A blast from the 1950s and 1960s. Don't get in this bloke's way after a three-putt. He was one of the angriest types ever. And with an angry man on a golf course, I want my name to be Tommy Bolt. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, magnificent. Nice. Apparently he was a madman. Yeah, like, he had a, a pretty crazy temper on dude. Him. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, okay, it is time for this week's Masterclass. Hey, just before we get into the Masterclass, hmm. have you ordered your new ping clubs yet or not? Not as yet. No, I was actually down at the warehouse in Moorabbin today picking up some beautiful ping apparel, actually. Oh, some new jumpers, which is good. Yeah, 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 yeah it looks nice. good. Very nice. So, uh, But uh, Matt Austin's the guy down there who uh, usually looks after me here in Melbourne. He was actually with someone, so I didn't want to disturb. Uh, he had a fellow there just getting a new putter sorted out. And I'll tell you what, they got a beautiful ping putting lab too there in Moorabbin. Really? And it is. I'm not sure if they've got a little channel running down the middle because all the balls seem to go in the holes. So someone of your ilk when you go to a new club. So when, when sure. I go to Titleist, okay, and mm. my, my guy is Simon Davey, I just tell Simon, you know, I, I know what I want. Yeah. Are you the same they've or will you go through the whole lot at ping? No, that, that, they've got all my specs uh, from years ago and nothing's ever changed. Although maybe I should probably get a softer <laughs> shaft these <laughs> oh, well, days, given the way I hit it. I was going to ask, at least they might <laughs> soft step you know, your, your shaft down. It is a really good thing. A lot of people don't know about this sort of stuff. But if, you, if you've been using stiff shafts your whole life and you don't want to go to regular, your next set of clubs, ask the stiff shaft to be soft stepped. Yeah. And what that basically means is the five iron shaft goes in your six iron and the six iron shaft goes into your seven iron. And it's just it just means they're just a tiny bit softer. Yeah. 
than than regular. A lot of players on the PGA Tour, they love X100s. Mm. You know, they're all using X100 Dynamic Gold because that's the club. A lot of those players get the X100 soft stepped. Okay. So that they are not, you know, so brutal. Because if you if you, you know if you ever hit yeah. a, a five iron blade with a X100 shaft in it, uh, if you're doing that with under 100 miles per hour, it, it feels like it doesn't feel like a golf club anymore. Yeah. No. Well, as I've mentioned before, I'm probably the least maintenance uh, ping player there is, so I, I don't like to confuse them with anything like that. So uh, that, I just tell them my my old specs, and away we go. <laughs> and, that, and, and that ping GLE3 range for women, that's unbelievable. Oh, game changer! They look so good. Game changer for new people to the game. To the game, yeah. an absolute game changer. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Beautiful sweet spots, hey, light shafts. It's just before you go to your masterclass. I, I played with you last week. I reckon yeah, you should yeah. get them. I think I should. The way I played, yeah. No, I think I should too. It was pretty. Uh, although the right-handed shot was probably my best oh, shot of the day. Shot. <laughs> yes. Well, you actually maybe I should get a right-handed set. You well, should get a right-handed actually, and well, a left-handed set. I have to because Nico, who's coming on strong. So, are we ever going to get to this masterclass? Can we, Sorry, can we get yeah. to the masterclass? Okay. Yeah, we will. Okay. So this week, in honour of Minji Lee's final shot uh, with a wedge on the second playoff hole, it was an incredible shot. And it was all to do with uh, really having a good look at the lie and what was going to happen from that position. And that's a great lesson for our listener out there where you have to look at the lie first. The lie... And I'm going to plug my own book here, How to Play Your Best Golf. Mm. It's not in this library, by the way. I need to get it up in yeah, that library. Yeah, that's really disappointing. There's a lot of libraries where I don't see my book, and that's an issue. So. They better wake up. You're a member here I as know. Well. I, need, I need to sneak one in. But uh, in my book, I have a chapter there, and it's called The Lie Dictates Everything. Mm. Because that's the first thing you have to do when you get to the golf ball. Even when you're in the fairway, look at the lie. Because even a slight depression with the ball sitting down a little, that'll have an effect on what sort of a shot and what club you're going to hit. Minji, in this case, she was in pretty thick, I think it was rye grass, I wasn't quite sure, but it was sitting down. She had to adjust what club she was using because she knew there was not going to be any spin. It was a little uphill. She knew it was going to roll a long way. So there's all these little factors you have to work in. So I'm going to do a little bit of a video later on in, in this masterclass. I'm going to talk about different lies. I'm going to show you some different lies, what the ball does, how it reacts. But that is a huge thing in the game of golf. Don't just get the laser out when you arrive at your ball to get the yardage. Look at the lie first because that will determine what you can and can't do with the golf shot. So that's a very important lesson. Mm. Right, it's a ripper, absolutely. Mm. And it, it is a bit of a gamble. If, if, if you want the ball to go to pin high, especially when you don't want the ball to go over the back, it's a big gamble out of the rough, isn't it? It is, yeah, for sure. And and the other thing is you'll find at most golf courses, if you come up short of the green, I mean, we always talk about amateurs coming up a little bit short, right? No, yeah. Not many people can get the ball pinned high. But if you do come up short, if you're in a bit of trouble in the rough, most courses, that's fine. No Long deal. is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Long is bad. And you get those flyers going, that probably tends to happen. And as Minji showed us, she hit a wedge 145, actually 146 mm. metres because it went three foot past. Yeah. And it was the shot that won of the tournament. In the conversation that you heard between the player and the caddy, was there any, listen, if it doesn't fly, this will get to the front edge and we'll be fine. If it does fly, well, fingers mm. crossed we'll be right. Didn't hear any of that because I think it was so consistent throughout that nine holes. Whenever they were in the rough, everything was just flying and running. And the greens were rock hard too. And the entrances to the to the courses and we see that a lot in the golf courses in australia the, the, the fronts of the greens here are very firm and it will continue to roll so you've got to allow a little bit for that well a big thank you to woodlands golf club uh come down here anytime soon and you'll see nico hearn's book uh in the <laughs> uh 
in, in, in the here library. somewhere. Again, a big congratulations to Minji Lee on winning her ninth LPGA Championship. I think she's won 12 around the world, so she is a star. And that is probably a Hall of Fame career already when you add in the couple of majors. Mm. See you next week. All right, cheers, mate. Oh, that's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. And if you're looking for some new clubs, whether you're a male or a female, Ping are the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out with a fitting. If you can, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen and tell a friend about it. Word of mouth is the best recommendation. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media and sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. How's Alana's golf going? Is she, how's she going? She has been out of late uh, on the golf course, but funnily enough, she was down uh, at uh, the mall, well, mall shopping centre. I see, I call it a mall these yeah, days. I've been, I've been living in America too yeah. long. She was down at the, because uh, this library, I'm seeing all these golf books. It kind of reminds me of something she said the other day where she, she, she sent me a photo and she said, I'm moving your book to prime position in every shelf that I can see. <laughs> so she visited about two or three bookshops in Southland, which is not far and from moved here. moved the book. She moved the book up because the way the book's designed is as you look at a book, normally you've got to tilt your head sideways to read it. But yeah. the way my book reads is you can just look at it straight smart. on. Very smart. smart. Very clever by our publisher, Hardy Grant. They did a great job yeah, there. That's so. very clever. Anyway, so that's what she's been doing, moving my she's book. She's a bit sneaky. <laughs> she's very sneaky, your wife, isn't she? Oh, she's a beauty.